Hey guys, welcome to Drop the Mic, an unscripted podcast presented by thespacing.com, a Bangla Live initiative. And I'm the host of the show and my name is Devarsh Gahadraj. Today in this maiden episode, I have with me India's most sought after wildlife photographer, Dhritiman Mukherjee. Dhritiman has been awarded the 2020 Wildlife Photographer of the Year. And today, we shall talk about his life experiences and we shall get to know how he picked up the lenses and jumped into the jungle. His work has been featured in BBC, National Geographic Magazine, Sanctuary Asia and the New York Times. So without further ado, let's begin the conversation. Drop the Mic, an unscripted podcast hosted by Devash Gahadraj. Hi Dhritimanda how are you Hi I'm fine thank you Ba thank you so much for accepting to be a part of this podcast How are you doing I heard that you are not well and you have tested covid positive Yeah today is my uh, actually 11th day I, I think I actually I was traveling to Goa I was in a shoot probably from there I got it I am not sure if it is from Goa or if it is from flight or somewhere else also I came out you know out of the airport uh, at hyderabad i got a longer mm-hmm. transition time i went out That's for it. biryani <laughs> okay yeah so i may got covid from there also i'm not sure but i got it but i'm fine i'm fine now you're fine you are in, you are in a home quarantine now oh not home actually i'm in a hotel now So that you are the winner of the Wildlife Photographer 2020 which has been given by the prestigious London's Natural History Museum. So firstly congratulations for winning the title. How did you feel when it was announced? Thank you but if you say winner so winner is a title word. I mean it's a it's a technical word but I, I'm not the winner. I got uh, highly commended uh, in BBC Wildlife Photographer of the Year. Uh, if you ask me the feeling it is uh, it's fun so i don't endorse uh, any kind of con- competitions actually so it is uh, always uh, fun for me uh, because uh, you know you cannot compare two images or uh, there is no parameter you can't say that th- this image this image is better than other yeah so talking about the picture so since it's a podcast and people are listening to this podcast so i would like to give the listeners a brief idea that what was the picture about so this picture was of a ghadial with numerous hatchlings on on its back and i think it was shot in in chambal no in the sanctuary of chambal yeah 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 how did you capture the shot well i i, I was there actually during uh, breeding season and uh, that was june uh, 2017 generally male males are very much territorial and one male maintains like seven eight females so uh, this photo is of course uh, of a male gharial actually uh, guarding the uh, babies and those babies are from seven eight uh, females uh, and during this time you know the gharials are very shy animal very very shy and they just uh, go away whenever they uh, see any kind of threat or presence of human being or anything but during the breeding season they become very aggressive especially the males uh they don't escape actually so in fact it's reverse you are if you are nearby they t- try to charge so i was actually photographing this uh, the behavior of the male how the male guards the babies and how females uh, behave during that period so i spent uh, actually 3 4 days there from morning to evening observing them and it's a very slow process you know so when i do photography there is no expectation of getting image it is more about like observing and sometime i click and uh, you know it's a very slow uh, knowledge gaining process so when i am there 
I, I become very happy to see all these things and uh, I try to, you know, know what is happening uh, around and, uh, and slowly I click. So I, I took that photo in this process, the same, same process, like three, four days sitting there comfortably, the Ukhariyal was comfortable and uh, it was guarding, 150 babies were there around, I counted. I got several shots actually, so I was trying some underwater also, so I got uh, some shots. You got a drone shot as well, no? Uh, I got a drone shot as well, yes. So this photo is like telling a story, telling, uh, talking about some natural history, behavior, uh, the situation, that is important. I can't say a photo a winner uh, because when we do photography that is the uh, you know the evolution of thought process uh, what I was telling that when we do uh, I do photography I don't uh, try to be better than others that is not my goal because it is not possible when you cannot compare two images uh, because there is no parameter so no image can be better than other all images are unique and different. We are here to contribute in the natural history, in the science or, you know, creating awareness among the people. That's the goal. You know, there is no comparison. There is no competition here. So that is very important, uh, the point I want to share. So Very well said. Very well said. Do you remember uh, your first camera? Uh, yeah, I, my first camera was a Viviter, but uh, it was like for two weeks, I used it and then I changed to Pentax K1000 and that I used for two years and then I shifted to Nikon. Uh, that is in 2009. From 2009 to 2018, I was in Nikon and from 18, I shifted to Sony actually. Okay. So, Dhritimanda, can you just uh, give us a small understanding of your growing up days in your childhood were you like very very interested towards photography as a, as a kid no no there was no relation with the photography but i was very much interested in outdoors from my very beginning i mean it's like my parents were great so they always uh, encouraged me to be in nature in outdoors in fact in my uh, house we have a pond i actually learned uh, swimming in our pond it's a small pond actually so in between our family uh, houses and a lot of trees were there coconut trees mango trees goba trees jackfruit trees so all were in our the house uh, complex you can we can say my so where was this it, it was in barashad actually so now it is very crowded but that time i am talking about about uh, 1984, 5, 6. Uh, so in 86, I got to know swimming. That was, then I was in class 6. Yeah, so, but I was into a lot of outdoor activities and yeah, I, I got a lot of encouragement from my parents and then I started uh, rock climbing and mountaineering and then I started bird watching. In between, I started photography, general photography, but there was no goal of wildlife photography. It came later. So I, I was actually doing a postgraduate diploma in ecology and in environment. So that time I got interest in wildlife and then decided, okay, uh, let's do wildlife food. Let's, let's start wildlife photography. When was this? Uh, I bought my first camera in 97. And uh, so that time I was taking general photos, anything and everything. And uh, from 2000, actually end of 99, I started uh, taking uh, photos of wildlife. 
in 2000 end of 2000 i decided okay this is my profession i mean knowing nothing actually there there was no real relation actually i just decided okay wildlife photography is my profession so that was the thought and then i i got into soups that that was another story but so was it difficult to choose i mean like what you, how did your family react my family was always like just do whatever you want to do uh, one basic thing you cannot be dishonest in your life like you you cannot you may not earn lot of money you may not you know have a great education i mean it, it depends on ability na so you can't be like a fast boy in the class like if you want it's it's not like that actually so it was always uh, you know told from my family that you gather knowledge you you learn you study absolutely fine we are not sure about how how much money you can earn in your life but honesty is in your hand so that was like a the strongest control i got from my you know parents especially from my mother that was that was a strong need like you you do whatever you do but you have to be uh, honest and you have to be a good boy so i have a uh, you know disease of being a good boy i mean even now <laughs> you know <laughs> so the bhalo chele tag of yeah, you know, yeah exactly you know? exactly so uh, that it's as a ghost uh, always uh, you know uh, roam in my mind so i can't uh, do lot of things actually you know i can give you some interesting example like uh, when in my, in my childhood uh, i i could do anything like swimming tree climbing football cricket but some some kind of play uh, you know games were not allowed for me any kind of outer expression like for example like wearing sunglasses or you know concentrating on dress these things were absolutely not allowed my mother was very strict about it you develop your inner mind you don't need to show your outer things uh, to prove yourself so it the concept was like that time it it's, it's not a right thing actually right concept but uh, some way i you know i was uh, under that like wearing sunglasses in childhood is like a bad boy <laughs> even now i can't wear a sun- sunglasses it gives a feel like oh i am looking like a bad boy it is true also like when i mean if you consider my uh, young age childhood why i need a sunglasses actually so for the sun actually we need sun we need sun and i never used a sunglasses in my entire uh, young life and i was absolutely fine I, we need a exposure of sun and rain and storm and everything so we had it in in a full uh, full way so but definitely i feel uh, that time that wearing a sunglass was not a need it was surely a show off and that uh, helped me to build my character for sure and uh, yeah I, i i love it actually i love this uh, uh, rules of my mother actually so dridimanda how did you choose wildlife as your subject of photography i i told you na so i had uh, i was a student of physics and uh, i had no interest in biology or zoology so i left uh, actually even in my plus 2 i avoided biology i introduced uh, statistics in our school just to avoid biology but what happened and you know during my graduation i was involved in outdoor activities so much that uh, in one point of time i thought let's do some mountaining rock climbing and outdoor activities i i would uh, study later and then in six months i i realized oh i am not studying now what to do i mean that was middle of the course and i couldn't do anything so my all friends were studying i was not i was having fun in outdoor but i had some guilty feeling that i am not doing anything and uh, that time i did that ecology 
and environment though i i, I told you know i had no relation with biology ecology zoology nothing but there was no option so i had to take that option of doing a postgraduate diploma in ecology and environment because i was in the middle of the session and uh, this was a correspondence course and i did it and while doing that i got uh, interest in wildlife i mean in that study na ecology and environment there was a wildlife chapter so i got lot of interest in wildlife and it was related with outdoors na so i thought oh this is uh, close to my heart also so it was the fun no to outside go shoot no so you remember which which animal you clicked for the first time Yeah, that's uh, uh, difficult to say. My first trip was in Bharatpur, so uh, proper wildlife trip. So I I photographed a lot of birds there. Birds, uh, yeah, Bharatpur bird. Uh, yeah, actually. Bharatpur bird. Uh, uh, yeah, national park actually. So I photographed a lot of birds there. Then I went to Kanha. So I photographed tiger, and then slowly I uh, uh, shifted in mountain uh, wildlife. Uh, in different uh, areas dritmanda we were discussing earlier about the shot which you okay, which you got the award and all that and you said that you need to be very very like sit in a position for a long time observe the animal so how important it is for a wildlife photographer to be patient to have that virtue of patience the patience is when you do, you are doing something which you don't like to do and you have to spend a lot of time uh, in that then it becomes of patience like it's a tough job when we talk na to give uh, we talk this word as a credit like somebody has a lot of patience means someone who is passing through a tough time uh, which is not easy uh, but for in my case na it's, it's a very it's a very pleasant and happy time so i can't say that it's patience because every moment i'm enjoying so even if i am waiting for something in the back of mind i have some pleasure and i definitely i am knowing something i am seeing something i am getting something so that is actually uh, occupying my mind and giving lot of happiness so when i am going through a, hap- a lot of happiness i can't uh, tell it a tough time or i can't give a credit for that to myself na like i have lot of patience that i waited for long time it was not it was it means actually it's boring so when we tell na that is a yes, <laughs> yes. basically my point was that wildlife photography typically animals are not like humans they won't pose for the photographers no so you have to sit and not take a picture so do you remember which is the longest time that you have waited for one subject um any interesting story longest time means uh, for many subjects i am still waiting <laughs> i didn't get it right for example uh, say i'm trying to photograph clouded leopard in the wild so i tried but i never saw it so it is a long waiting so this waiting i mean so that's what i was saying okay, this is a very interesting perspective sometimes we sit uh, like days after days i mean some for example i photographed bengal florican it took 8 days okay for snow leopard it took long i mean long 20 days where was the snow leopard dada first time in spiti and in ladakh also you know it is not like getting or not getting if you are not seeing something if you are not uh, uh seeing of species that is also one outcome of your your uh, work actually so when you are there you you may get you you may not uh, get it but both are equally likely actually so that is i mean if i if i don't get it it is not a surprise for me it's an information when you don't get it it gives you lot of information and it gives you lot of uh, interesting knowledge also that why you are not getting it so It's it's a really different perspective for me actually. Zimanda, you have been known to be very very adventurous, especially for taking your perfect shot of the wildlife. 
So tell us any story that you have very very adventurous and you took beautiful pictures. Yeah, I love adventures and uh, adventures means where I need to apply some other uh, skills. Uh, I mean, it's like a I, I'm not defining it, but uh, I'm just uh, giving a cloudy idea actually. So I mean, what the common perception is. I mean, in more I mean, in many situations, like I had to climb a tree to photograph some species, or uh, I had to climb a mountain, or I, I some. Sometimes I had to dive a river. For example, I photographed Narkondam Hornbill in Narkondam Island, which is our easternmost island of India. This hornbill species only found in that island, the tiny island. Nowhere in the world you can uh, see the species. So to get a right perspective, I had to climb a tree and spend time on the top of the tree in between the branches. And uh, I took uh, some shots and uh, I had to fix a rope also uh, hanging in the rope. I clicked uh, nesting hornbills. Sometimes I had to dive under frozen river, like I walked in frozen Zanskar, frozen Indus. And then uh, sometimes I dived in the ocean, I climbed volcanoes in Congo. So I did these things, but in one perspective, it is adventure because it is not like the activities uh, we had to do don't match with our daily activities. Otherwise, there's another perspective also. Like if you want to photograph the, you know, the ecosystem under frozen Zanskar. Okay, so you have to be under frozen Zanskar no, to know that actually. It's a need. I mean, it's not like just to do some ice diving, you are doing it. I mean, you, you can have one approach that you want to do a tree, tree climbing and that's why you are taking the photo. So for me, it is a reverse thing actually. I need to understand what is happening under frozen Zanskar. So I have to go to frozen, uh, under the frozen Zanskar. So this is... This is a part of the goal actually. So everything we do actually, it is, uh, we always do to gather knowledge actually. Our main goal is, the end goal is actually gathering knowledge, whatever we do actually in life. So taking photo is also, for me, it's like that actually. So I want to know more about some ecosystem or some species and then I am recording it. Uh, why I'm recording it? So I, I get to know something and then I can share with some people that, okay, so see this, this these are happening here. So that way. Have you come up with any book? I have a book. Uh, I have a book which is called Magical Biodiversity of India. So actually me and Dr. Asad Rahmani, together we did the book. And this book is on the entire biodiversity of India as I worked in enter all the states in India in all kind of habitat and ecosystem. Actually, I, I found that India is so amazing. Actually, India is like a mini world. It represents all kind of, uh, you know, habitats uh, ex exist in the world. We have desert. We have, we have mountain, the highest mountain. So that's why we have temperate region, the alpine region, foothills, desert, peninsula, rainforest, coast. We have two sets of islands. So we have fantastic coral reef also. You know, we have northeastern forest. We have a volcano even. So we are like representing every kind of geographical forms and uh, ecological forms in one country. And uh, that's why, because of this diverse uh, landscape and geographical forms, we have a diverse range of uh, wildlife. So many species of birds, mammals, reptiles, plants. So I thought, let's, uh, uh, you know, uh, show this uh, beautiful country through a book. So that's why we, we named it as a magical biodiversity of India. It's a magic. So in this book, actually, with the help of like 458 images and 300 pages book, it's a profitable book and published by BNHS and Oxford University Press. 
I did uh, many other books also, like on Saraskaran. One book was on tra- Tiger Trails, and one, two books on Brahmaputra Rivers, and uh, part contributors of lot many books actually, lot actually. But this book was like a completely, it's like a my book. And, and recently I'm working uh, on more few, uh, some more books uh, which are ongoing actually. Uh, which is just about to finish. One is like uh, Biodiversity of West Bengal. Recently, I'm working on a book. It is almost done because of COVID. Um, it's get delayed. Otherwise, it's happening. If there was no COVID situation and no, no lockdown, where would you have been at this point of time right now? Actually, I had a lot of programs which got cancelled. I was supposed to be in Australia. My Maldives program cancelled. My Japan program cancelled. You know, and then in India, I had a lot of uh, programs. But one good thing was during the COVID, I got a chance to stay with my parents, which was a long, long overdue. You know, it's like I was trying to stay with my parents uh, for last 20 years. I wanted to stay just for seven days in last 20 years, which never happened. So I never stayed more than five consecutive days in my home in last 20 years. So finally, because of COVID, I got a chance to stay for 120 days at a stretch. So which is a big time record for not even 20 years, (laughs) maybe for 30 years. <laughs> yeah. So that, that's a good, good. So I enjoyed. So, and, and I never got bored or I never felt that what to do. And, and, you know, I have so many images unprocessed. So I processed like at least 2,000 images in this video. And I have still have like 20,000 images to process. I don't get time now because my trip is like continuous process. It's a 20 years of continuous process, one after another. So if I don't process some images in one trip, it goes in, I mean, all the photos actually go into the queue and it never get done. So that also I did uh, during this COVID period. So I got a good time actually. So got a chance to we have a very envious life like i would envy your life your my vacation is your job (laughs) (laughs) you can uh, yeah i mean it is actually so fundamental things i uh, told you in the beginning that uh, i can't do anything which uh, uh, doesn't give me happiness you can think that whatever i'm doing i am getting happiness so that's why i am doing it yeah so it's full of happiness always. I mean, this life is definitely good. Wow. Dhritimanda, yeah. tell us about the 2018 expedition, the project which you did, Siang River Basin in Arunachal Pradesh ah, with a group of scientists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was very interesting, actually. So, so me, Dr. Manoj Nayar, Dr. Bivash Pandav, Dr. Avijit Das, Dr. Navendu Page, and Vivek. He was a... Vivek was a Sikada guy, actually. We... Uh, six people went to this Abor expedition actually. This expedition was done in 100 years back uh, by the British. So we repeated uh, the same route actually. And we got a lot of interesting things. Actually, we got one a snake uh, which uh, discovered after 129 years. Uh, it's called uh, As- Assam Killback. So finally the paper came out. Uh, Vijit has come out with the scientific paper now and a uh, few few more new species to come uh, we uh, we got there we got a chance to be in Mowling National Park which is also a very unvisited area so it was a one month long expedition and actually the idea came when I was in a talk in WII uh, and that time we were talking together and then I I proposed that in India we don't do multi-taxa expedition so so I I, I told them let's do a multi-taxa expedition uh, and you know, interesting area. And that's how it started. And uh, we, we planned it like in 2017 January. And finally, it happened in October 2018. 
we got a lot of new stuff and got to know new about new new species too i love to do more expeditions uh, like that hopefully in future uh, we can do something like that so what is your idea especially with the technicalities of photography is it a better like well equipped zoom and camera or i don't concentrate on uh, technical i mean technicalities is like you will get to know actually i mean it's like you learn it you read it technical things are there in, available in internet and books and many places you can go through it you can update yourself also but for me more uh, important is natural history you know so i mean it's more about understanding the nature nature photography is uh, more about that for me actually at least uh, so i don't concentrate on much in those things i more concentrate on stories i mean what uh, what we get to know out of it what is the content how the photo is telling uh, or contributing some new science or new stories or new event or new moment so that becomes very important like if i get a very interesting natural history event it is not important how technically sound it is i mean it will be great if it is uh, you know technically sound it's great but that is not my priority my priority is the content i mean the how interesting event i am actually produce uh, i can get to know and can share with the help of photos so that way natural history comes uh, you know first i mean over technical things and what i understand that technical things uh, you can know it actually with learning but uh, and you are a self taught photographer no dada no self taught in the sense uh, well again <laughs> <laughs> you know as you so i have some always some different perspective so self taught when we mention this self taught like if we don't go to some institute or if we have not taken any kind of you know internship to someone then we tell it like a self taught from that perspective yes i have never been to any institute or i never did any kind of internship from anyone but but i had to learn from everyone each and every one photography is like i am studying in some books or internet so it's some study materials and then i am going to field so when i am studying studying means someone has done something kept something for you like when we are reading some book so book is done by someone na so i am learning actually from somebody's uh, previous work so which is a study material and then when i am in the field i am learning from field boys guides cook porters local people scientists researchers so so i am interacting and then nature itself so so i can't tell it like a self taught it's, it's like a uh, you know steely stealing enter credit uh, for myself so my very fundamental realization is that so when we go deep and when we try to learn when we consider this situation deeply then i found our credit my like for me my credit it slowly become smaller to smallest because they, i found that for every activities i did there were lot of other people activities involved i mean lot of people contributions were involved they did something i learned from something it's like for example if i go to a place and stay for say 10 days and some local people is working with me there so actually what is the composition that local people means uh, he has been working there for his lifetime maybe say 10 20 years whatever is happening is a result of that 10 20 years of that guy and 15 days of mine so you can't ignore that uh, you know the knowledge sharing of that guy 
So when we consider all these things, then I found that my credit minimizes every day. I mean, it's a it's a result of lot of people's contribution. It's not me only. It's wow, you are so passionate when it comes to photography. Do you have any suggestion for an upcoming wildlife photographer? When we do photography, we should have some purpose. I told that one fundamental thing we have to take out from our mind that uh, we are here to contribute. We are here to contribute for science and knowledge and maybe the aesthetics, the art, art form of photography. So we are here to contribute, not to uh, compete. So we are not here to take better, uh, to be better than others. So we can't. We don't want to be best because those things do not exist. So this is one fundamental thing I always uh, suggest people. Go for new things. Go for different things. Go for contribution. Don't go to be best. Actually, so best is not possible. Or for me, it is not healthy. And then we need to have some purpose. Why we are doing this? So that this purpose is like the yeah, the contribution. So it it contributes like it create uh, awareness. It create consciousness. It pro provides lot of new things to the science and. it helps conservation and uh, so like for me the very important uh, goal is to connect people connect people with the natural world with the help of these photographs to connect whom the people who are disconnected who are not connected na so when i can connect a disconnected people that means i am adding adding more and more people into a lobby which is actually in favor of our natural world so this connecting people is very important for me so that i suggest to new photographers that always try to connect the disconnected people generally one mistake we may make you know we show photographs to the photographers or maybe naturalists i mean that means our always the tendency and the priority uh, remains like connected the already connected so our goal is connected to disconnected i mean we have to find out who who have not seen this actually most of us don't get a chance to be in the natural world you know very few people are blessed to be there so so this huge number of people who don't get a chance to be there they, they have a disconnection with the natural world so our duty is to connect them so i suggest new photographers uh, so that is uh, very important to connect those disconnected people so that they will be emotional about the natural world then empathy will grow then you know awareness will come and with addition uh, of some kind of responsibility it will become a consciousness and then the entire you know the population will be uh, very sensitive and caring about our natural world which is a basic need i believe so nice so sweet So, Dhritimanda, one last question before we end this podcast: How do you think your photographs can create a change in the world where we are slowly losing the natural history? Photography is a very strong medium. Just exactly what I was telling your last question: that if you are disconnected, like for example, if I tell you that Himalayan pass are in a bad shape, you know, to think over it. Now, what do you feel? Where you stay? You live in Siliguri, na? Yes, I live in Siliguri. Now you are not actually connecting anything. I am sure. Do you feel anything? No. Yeah. So if I tell you about tiger, that uh, think the tiger is in bad shape. Do you feel anything? Not really. But I would feel if you talk about elephants. Acha ha yes elephant yeah okay so if I talk uh, tell about elephant you feel it because you know you have a you have yeah some... we have a corridor here. Uh, not only that what is the difference between this uh, this thing na I mean when when I told you about pa so your feeling is like it's a alien word to you na no? so you are thinking what is pa you are not connecting at all but if I 
tell even about the tiger you are connected na because you know what is tiger you have yes, some yes somewhere, uh, yes yeah. i have a visual idea yes you have a visual idea of tiger so you have some connection now how i can connect you emotionally with pa how you will act you cannot imagine what it is so pa is a frog actually and is this himalayan bullfrogs are very uh, if you go to singalila and your i mean a little up you you can see them uh, you can find them in the streams of uh, middle himalaya especially in the northeast and these frogs have a medicinal value so local people lot of i mean lot of local local people actually kill them and eat them so definitely their number decreased because of that so that is the situation now if i show you a image beautiful image of a farm what will happen it will actually give you one kind of connection maybe for someone it can be a emotional thing like a, you can say oh so cute frog it is so this is a kind of emotional connections or someone who 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 is interested in science and if i show some image of like a frog 